Well, good evening, beloved. It is absolutely wonderful to have you tune in here to the Biblically Correct Radio broadcast found only here at the Just Jesus Radio Network. I thank God for you. I thank God for the listening support that I've had ever since we started this ministry back in January. And if you've been with us for any amount of time at all, we have been going through the book of Nehemiah. And we're going to close out that book today as we finish out in the last chapter. But before we get started on that, I've got a a wonderful song I would like to introduce you to. Uh, This song is called I Will. It's sung by the York family. Uh, It's just released on Thursday, June the 30th on their YouTube page. And uh, the words and music are by uh, Faith York. And uh, words to the first verse are by Lydia Trask. And I I hope this song will be a, a blessing to you. I'm not in the valley 
Amen. Amen. What a wonderful song that is uh, by the York family entitled, I Will. And um, I don't know about you, but I've been in some battles, and I've been in some storms and some circumstances, and I have learned the further I go in my walk with Christ, sometimes it's best just to wait on the Lord. Uh, don't try to get ahead and don't try to get behind. Just just stick with Him. And He will guide you and He, he will lead you all the way. And You know, every day it's a constant battle with the flesh. It's a constant battle with the world. It's a constant battle with our society and, and the culture. And there's so much that could be distracting for the child of God. And there are so many things that just kind of get heavy on our plate and we kind of look at it and we get a little bit overwhelmed and we really just don't know what to do. And sometimes just out of pure anxiety, we might just kind of jump the gun or put the cart before the horse. But I really like what the songwriter had to say, the singer had to say, uh, that in the middle of everything, she's just going to wait on the Lord and whatever he has to say, she's going to do it. There's going to be some obedience whenever you hear the voice of God and he actually tells you to do something, then I would suggest just to simply do it. And and when I think about waiting on the Lord, I don't think of just kind of standing in the line like at the DMV where you just kind of wait and you get a little frustrated. You know, when when's this ever going to end? Are they going to call my number? I've got so many things to do today. That's not really the kind of waiting that I think of. When I think about this kind of waiting, as in waiting on the Lord, I think about a, a waiter or a waitress, how, uh, you know, for us good old Baptists, we love the Cracker Barrel. And so if our waitress or waiter is over there, and they're waiting on us, they are serving us, they are making sure that we have everything that we need. They make sure that the sweet tea is sweet enough and not too sweet, which if you're in the South, I just don't think that's possible, but I digress. And they, they make sure that the biscuits are, are nice and fluffy, and they make sure that the chicken is, is nice and hot, and the and the gravy is, is just like it should. They, they make sure you got everything that you need, and they make sure you're taken care of. And that's the kind of waiting that I think of when we should wait upon the Lord, when we wait for God's will, we shouldn't just sit and we shouldn't just soak and we shouldn't just sour. Instead, when we wait upon the Lord, uh, we should be seeking and we should be searching and and we should just be uh, serving and, and we should just be doing everything that the Lord has called us to do. And in the middle of serving Him, I believe that that is when God will reveal to us his will for us, and whenever he reveals to us his will, uh, that is whenever it's a testing of our faith to see if we will submit to his will in the act of obedience. And I thank God for that message in song. But today, uh, we are getting to the end of the book of Nehemiah. We just have a few verses to go. And I've just got a simple, simple message uh, as we kind of roll through these verses here as we conclude this just short, simple overview 
of the book of Nehemiah. We didn't get too deep. Uh, we, we just made some practical ap- applications and some practical truths. And if, if I'm being honest, sometimes these practical truths were just a little bit too, uh, they're, they were a little bit hard to swallow and, and digest, uh, but they were truths that we need to hear nonetheless. And, and today I will be going over uh, some things that just may be a little bit hard to digest in today's 21st century American Christendom, if you will. It's just going to be hard for our culture just to swallow what God has to say about some certain things. And I want to show you in in this uh, lesson, this message, that this is dealing with God's people, and at this point, God's people are confused. They are confused because of the things that are going on uh, with God's house, the order of God's house. They're confused with the Ammonites trying to infiltrate and trying to divide and trying to spoil what God has been doing. And we find ourselves here tonight uh, in Nehemiah chapter 13. And in Nehemiah chapter 13, in verse 23, is where we're going to pick up this evening. And the Bible says, In those days also I saw Jews that had married wives of Ashdod, of Ammon, and of Moab. And their children spake half in the speech of Ashdod, and could not speak in the Jews' language, but according to the language of each people. And I contended with them, and cursed them, and smote certain of them, and plucked off their hair, and made them swear by God, saying, Ye shall not give your daughters unto the sons, nor take their daughters unto your sons, or for yourselves. Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Yet among many nations there was no king like him who was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, even him did outlandish women cause to sin. Shall we then hearken unto you to do all this great evil to transgress against God in marrying strange wives? And one of the sons of Jaada the son of Elijah, the high priest, was the son-in-law to Sanballat the Horonite. Therefore, I chased him from me. Remember them, O my God, because they have defiled the priesthood of the covenant and the covenant of the priesthood of the Levites. Thus, cleanse I them from all strangers and appointed the wards of the priests and the Levites, every one in his business, and for the wood offering, at times appointed, and for the first fruits, remember me, O oh my God, for good. So we have reached a point in this passage of Scripture where the Ammonites are still trying to cause problems For Nehemiah, they're trying to cause problems for God's people. 
And uh, if you remember anything about these Ammonites, they were all the way back in Nehemiah chapter 4, namely with Sanballat and, uh, and Geshem and Tobiah. And they caused so many problems for Nehemiah and God's crowd. And over and over again, they have mocked the man of God. They have mocked God's people. Not only that, they took it upon themselves to do evil to God's man and to do evil to God's people. They have tried everything that they can do to try to hurt God's man and hurt God's people. And so when we find ourselves in Nehemiah chapter 13 verse 23, we find something that's very confusing. You see, these Jewish men made the same mistake as Solomon by marrying strange, foreign, unbelieving women. Those women raised the children speaking in the mother's native tongue. Half the kids mentioned they could uh, speak the language of Ashdod, but none could speak Hebrew. Now, let me say this. This was not a racist thing for Nehemiah to confront this problem. You see, because it was not about skin, it was about sin. These kids could not understand Hebrew, meaning they could not be taught about the God of the Hebrews. Because they opened the door for Ammonites, everything else in as well came in. And it resulted in spiritual confusion. Now, believe me, when I tell you, God means what He says when we should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And I've seen it time and time again today. So many people, they, they think they've met the quote-unquote love of their life or their so-called soulmate. Well, well, preacher, just don't you know she's just so purty with her long eyelashes, just the way she, she bats her eyes and the way she talks to me. She's just, she just so sweet, preacher. She's just so purty. Mm-hmm. Or, or don't you know, preacher, that man over there, he's just a hunk. Yeah, yeah, I tell you what, he's just a hard-working man. Well, that's all well and good, but do they know Jesus? Uh, is, is Jesus the Lord of their uh, life? Have they trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are they saved? Are they blood washed? Are they born again? That's what I want to know. Are they a Christian? That is what should be the most important thing to you. And everything else after is a bonus, friend. But here we have people, and in this time, they were, uh, they were in, inside of their marriage, they were intermixing different races. And it, like I said, it didn't have to do with the skin. It had to do with the sin. So the race of these people was a race of people that did not love God. That they did not love the things of God. And so with that came their different culture. And they tried to intermingle uh, the cultures with God Jehovah and their little G-gods. And because of this, this caused spiritual confusion. And if you think you have seen Nehemiah mad previously, believe me, you have seen nothing yet. Verse 25, when he says, 
I contended with them and cursed them. Let me say this right there. Now, when he said he cursed them, he wasn't just screaming out a bunch of profanities, uh, dropping a bunch of hateful bombs to them. Uh, But instead, he used it to pronounce some judgments on them and against them. And when the Bible says, uh, and smote certain of them and plucked off their hair and made them swear by God, saying, You shall not give your daughters unto their sons, nor take their daughters unto your sons or for yourselves. Can you believe that Nehemiah, the mighty man of God, the one that people would uh, supposedly call reverend because he was supposedly a reverential man. I'm talking about this is a mighty man of God. Can you believe that he actually hit somebody? I'm talking about he got downright upset whenever he found out that the sins of the adults were affecting his young people. I mean, he just went outright ballistic. That's whenever he just said, you know what? I've had enough. Seven times 70, well, after that, you're mine. For lack of a better term, that's essentially what happened. He turned the cheek till he just flat out couldn't turn it no more, and he went straight up after him. And so, with that being said, I want you to, I want you to think back Can you name a time where your pastor has laid hands on somebody and not in a way of healing where where they've actually gotten mad and hit somebody? I hope not because one of the qualifications for a pastor is that he he not be a brawler. But my point is that Nehemiah was so upset over the, the, the people's sins and just coming in and trying to come after their children that he said, you know what? I'm going to be somebody's spiritual daddy, and they ain't going to get my youngins. And I thank God that there are still some men out there that are willing to fight for the young crowd. The young crowd is under attack. I just saw a video not too long ago where uh, Elmo and Sesame Street were were trying to uh, push the leftist liberal propaganda onto our children. And then I seen another one with some kind of cartoon robot uh, and, and they were discussing some feminine hygiene products on a show that's meant for six-year-old little boys and little girls. And inside of this clip, there was a quote-unquote transgender man-woman. I don't know. The Bible calls him a sodomite uh, in the middle of the mix. And this is what's being pushed down the eye sockets of our young adults here in America of our babies here in America, and it's high time we become like Nehemiah and say, enough's enough. Stop coming after our young folk. We've had it. And so with that application, I'm not telling you to go uh, rear back and hit somebody in the nose or anything of that nature, but what I am saying is it's time that we take a stand and we protect uh, what's ours. We should protect our, our children. We should protect our church. And then when it goes on into saying in 26, verse 26, Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Yet among many nations was there no king like him who was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel? Nevertheless, even him did outlandish women cause to sin. Shall we then hearken unto you to do all these great evil and transgress against our God in marrying strange wives 
I want you to notice that God has never changed His mind on this. It is always, always, always a sin for a believer to marry a non-believer. Uh, and do you not think that it will impact you, impact you negatively? Well, if it impacted Solomon, believe me, it will impact you. But preacher, I think I can just win them to the Lord. Well, let me say this. How many souls have you actually won for Christ this year? That's, that's, that's an honest question. You don't have to answer out loud. But I want you to consider that number whenever you're considering uh, getting involved with somebody romantically that is not a believer. Because chances are you're going to get pulled down faster than you can pull them up. Verse 28 says, And one of the sons of Jaada and the son of Elijah, the high priest, was the son-in-law to send out Horonite. Therefore, I chased him from me. Nehemiah was so upset with Samballot and Tobiah, he literally ran them out. And I thank God for preachers that whenever they've absolutely had enough, I'm talking about they have extended grace, they have extended mercy, they have extended truth and love. Over and over, they've shown compassion. I'm talking about they've prayed, they've cried, they've weeped over somebody that's been causing problems in the church and and they've been so patient and Christ-like with the situation. But finally, after much time and much consideration, they realize that that person's not going to change, that they're just going to cause problems and drive wedges and divisions in the church. I thank God for preachers that will finally say, Hey, enough is enough, and they will chase them off from the church to protect the sheep in the church because that person is nothing more than a wolf in sheep's clothing. We get to verse 29 then through, through 31 as we finish out the, the book here. Remember them, O my God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and of the Levites. Thus cleanse I them from all strangers and appointed the wards of the priests and the Levites, everyone in his business. And for the wood offering at times appointed, and for the first fruits, remember me, O oh my God, for good. You see, Nehemiah, he finally got rid of those nasty, rotten Ammonites. And he finishes out what he has to say by simply saying, Remember me, O oh my God, for good. You see, he expected God to bless him for doing everything that he has done for the Lord. And I believe that he was right in asking God to do just that. Because when we let the Ammonites in, God's house will get corrupted. I'm talking about everything will be defiled. We got to get rid of those Ammonites that are trying to infiltrate and destroy the church. Now, my friend, I appreciate you listening and tuning in with me here at the Biblically Correct radio broadcast found on the Just Jesus Radio Network. It has been an absolute honor 
to be able to share with you the Word of God as we've went through this uh, series through the book of Nehemiah. I appreciate all the support and all the feedback I've received through uh, Facebook messages, uh, through emails and even phone calls, even the letters and notes that I've received. Uh, Y'all are absolutely wonderful. Some of you are are from far away in, in other states that I'll just be honest with you, I'll probably never go up to, uh, but I appreciate the support. Uh, it's just such a long way to drive, and with gas being what it is, I just don't see me taking that trip anytime soon. But nonetheless, I appreciate the support and uh, all of you listeners. It is my prayer for you uh, this evening that God will bless you as we have went through this book of Nehemiah together, I'm praying for an extra special blessing on the services that you'll have tomorrow at your local New Testament church. I'm praying for your pastor, uh, that God would fill him with his spirit, that he will preach the very words that you are in desperate need of. And I'll pray for your services. I'll pray for souls to be saved, for, for lives to be changed. I'll pray for revival. And I'll ask that you do the same for me. Until we meet again, stay biblically correct.